Hi, I'm Michelle, and I'm... Wait, am I the straight-laced psychotherapist? I thought I was going to be the unconventional hypnotherapist, and you were going to be the super serious trauma specialist. No, you were going to be the relationship expert. Like, love expert. And you're going to be the specialist who guides people with down-to-earth techniques for transmuting trauma? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Okay, good. I'll be the love expert. I mean, I am the love expert. I think we have this all sorted out. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light, and this is Holding Ground. Today and every Monday, we've got a little bit of everything for you. Shall we? Yeah, let's do this. Good morning. Welcome to Holding Ground. This is Laura Richer. I am the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington, in Upper Queen Anne. And as always, I am here with my co-host, Michelle Mooney, and she is our resident trauma therapist at Anchor Light. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Laura. Good morning to our listeners. So we're here live on 1150 AM Talk Radio on KKNW, but you can also catch any of our previous shows, any place where podcasts are streamed, as well as on our website at anchorlighttherapy.com. Yeah. And you can find us all over social media. We have pages on Instagram and Facebook for both Holding Ground Radio Show and also our practice, Anchor Light Therapy Collective. You can also find us on YouTube. Sometimes we record videos of the show, so you can find those on there and then also the audio of the other shows. So So we just have content all over the place. Yep. So today we're going to be talking about couples and trauma. So as a therapy practice, we treat both individuals as well as couples. That's Mm -hmm. kind of our specialty. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the work that we do with individuals and with couples has to do with trauma. Mm -hmm. And and a a disorder that develops from having traumatic experiences, one or more, uh, is known as PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And People who have PTSD can struggle in relationships. So today we're going to be discussing how trauma might be showing up in your relationship and what you can do to heal it and move past it. Yeah. Yeah. So if one of the partners in the relationship does have some sort of PTSD, like Laura said, um, it can really affect how they connect with a partner. Um, And when someone has an experience with PTSD, um, a certain event um, triggers the body. So rapid heart rate, digestion can be an issue. So at that point then, the body is so reactive that the information gathered during that time um, is, you know, just not fully processed. So um, that's something that can just stick there and hang out in even healthy relationships. Yes. And so it's a result of a past traumatic experience, Mm -hmm. but you're still triggered by something that may be related to that experience or it may not be, but for some reason it reminds you of it. Yeah, absolutely. So some causes of PTSD that can affect uh, romantic relationships, partner relationships, even friend relationships sometimes. Um, So childhood sexual abuse, physical abuse, or emotional abuse. So let's say your parents are always fighting at home. You don't have a model of what a healthy relationship is. So when you don't grow up in an environment that shows you what a healthy relationship is, you often don't have the context for that when you do get into your own relationship. So 
And then a lot of times if children are um, sexually abused, that's their experience. So they might develop um, some sort of idea around this is what love looks like. Um, so, And then later in life, things, again, like rape, domestic violence, um, if one of the partners was ever in combat, um, rage, so either from parents or past partners, um, emotional abuse like name-calling, gaslighting. And then attachment trauma, so a disruption in the way that you attach to your caregivers can really affect how you um, attach to folks later in life in romantic relationships. So, Michelle, what's some examples of this? Like for somebody, for example, who experienced um, childhood trauma, whether that was childhood sexual trauma or physical or emotional abuse, what does PTSD look like when they're in a romantic relationship? Yeah. Well, PTSD in general can have um, a lot of these symptoms, but again, they show up in the way we relate to our partner later in life. So often having flashbacks or nightmares about the trauma, um, staying away from situations associated with trauma. So that can come up a lot in intimacy um, because if there was some sort of past sexual abuse, um, that can really affect intimacy later in life. Um, always feeling nervous or irritable. So always kind of being on guard for some sort of sense of danger, right? Um, having increased negative thoughts and feelings about self and others. So feelings about being unlovable or undeserving of a healthy relationship, um, feeling isolated from others. Um, Laura, why don't you tell us a few more here? Um, so you can do things like numbing behaviors, mm -hmm. um, just Having a lack of trust in a relationship. So even when the smallest things happen, you it triggers you to a very high level. So you might yeah. experience feeling abandoned. Say your partner doesn't text you back right away. You might experience an extreme mm -hmm. sense, sense of abandonment when that is actually mm -hmm. not accurate. You could avoid relationships altogether or be attracted to more negative types of relationships. So there's just... There's a lot of things that can come up for people, and they don't even realize that that's what's happening sometimes, that yeah. it's trauma that is triggering mm -hmm. their response. Yeah. So symptoms of PTSD showing up in relationships, so the way they actually integrate with relationships later on in life. So 5 to 10% of survivors who do develop PTSD have may have long-lasting um, relationship problems, in particular for folks that don't um, process that trauma, um, have some sort of um, healthy relationship with a therapist, for example, where they're really identifying what they've been through and how this affects them now in life. So, so that's kind of a hopeful statistic. Five to 10% know, doesn't really feel that high. So that seems to me like treatment is really working. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yep. So often um, another symptom of PTSD in a relationship is cannot feel love or happiness. Um, they may have trouble acting in a loving way towards a spouse. So expression of emotions, they can't even identify how they feel or what they would like to, um, they can't become too vulnerable in sharing their emotions. That feels dangerous. Um, so other things that can come up is anger, having a lot of anger about what happened to you in the past, which can, you know, exhibit itself in pushing people away, being critical of a loved one, um, or becoming physically or emotionally abusive yourself. Um, so if that was modeled to you, um, so let's say you grew up in an environment where your parents, there was some physical violence, you can learn, okay, this is how I solve conflict. So that can definitely be 
um, a symptom. So having tr- trouble with oops. Sorry. Yes. Oh, I was just thinking of a client example. Mm-hmm. I worked with a client a couple of years ago who grew up in a household where there was a lot of yelling. That that's mm-hmm. to be heard. You had you had to yell. Yes. Um. And and he actually experienced that as a, a traumatic experience. But he also didn't have any other coping skills. And mm-hmm. so he would continue to recreate that in his mm-hmm. own romantic relationships where he was yelling to get his needs met all mm-hmm. of the time mm-hmm. and feeling very triggered when he felt like he wasn't being heard because that reminded him of the relationship he had with his mother. Yeah. Um, but yet he still continued. The the trauma prompted him to recreate this experience over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And something interesting, too, is men much more often than women um, look at their childhood trauma as, well, it was tough love or I deserve that in some sort of way. So they can develop more of this mentality of I'm to blame. Um, It was appropriate for me to be treated that way. So that can definitely get in the way of connecting with a partner later in life. Um, You know, you can have issues not even feeling relaxed when you're at home. Again, trouble with intimacy. Um being self-focused because of managing PTSD symptoms would it can take away the focus on the other partner. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a few more here, Laura. Um, being overly protective, uh, looking for signs and danger and red flags in every mm-hmm. place where they might be. Like I said, being hypervigilant, feeling like you might be abandoned or that something is very wrong. Um, when in fact there is really nothing indicating that, but you're looking for that, so mm-hmm. you're seeing it in, in everywhere that you look. Yeah. Um, so even in a healthy relationship, there's thoughts of danger, and and a lot of these behaviors become sabotaging to relationships, and that's mm-hmm. why this five to ten percent develop long lasting relationship issues is because if you don't do the work to resolve them, they can they can be very sabotaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, an example with the sabotaging relationships is that, you know, a lot of people will be like, this is too good to be true. The other shoe is going to drop. So I just, I kind of have to be the person that either breaks up first or create behaviors in the relationship that, um, you know, ultimately end the relationship because a good relationship feels unsafe in a lot of ways. So if I connect to this person, they're ultimately going to abandon me or the relationship is going to end in some sort of way. Maybe I'll be physically abused. So um, that partner who does have PTSD might, you know, try to end that early, try to end it first, even if it wasn't going to end. Right. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to take a quick little break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about couples and trauma and what you can do to heal trauma if that's showing up in your relationship. Yes. You're listening to Holding Ground. We'll be right back. Yeah. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Thanks for tuning in to our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. 
Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. Happy birthday to you. My son Levi was so proud to turn three, but he will never get the chance to turn four. I'm Nicole Hughes, Levi's mom. And while on a family vacation, his childhood was snatched away when I turned to close a bag of chips. He was sitting on the couch surrounded by friends and I split a brownie with him. And then somehow he slipped out the back door unnoticed down a flight of stairs and fell into the pool. When I jumped in to grab my son, the other half of the brownie was still in my mouth. I never thought my child would drown, but I was wrong. Drowning is the single leading cause of death for children ages one to four. It is silent and fast, and it can happen even when you aren't swimming. Drowning is preventable. Please talk with your pediatrician about how you can keep your child safe. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Thank you for listening to Holding Ground on KKNW. My name is Laura Richer, and I'm a psychotherapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And today we are talking about couples and trauma and how you treat trauma within couples therapy. So, yeah. Michelle, tell us a little bit about how you would work, do trauma work and, and especially EMDR when you're working with a couple. Yeah. So often we'll see couples that come in maybe with PTSD and we can identify that that person does need some individual work before maybe they can really. Um, so it's going to stabilize them and then they are ready to work on um, other issues in couples therapy. They can come into couples therapy after they do the individual work. And we see that a lot. Yes. Yeah. So we were what? So some of the. um training that we had presented a couple that would have probably really benefited from some EMDR therapy. Mm-hmm. And so the just to give you a little background on the couple, one of the so the the male in the couple was very emotionally disconnected. Mm-hmm. It sounded like he was possibly raised by a mother who um was on the autism spectrum, wasn't yeah. very emotionally um Aware, And so he didn't have a lot of capacity for feelings or how to understand feelings. Mm -hmm. And then his partner was somebody who had an extreme trauma history that Mm -hmm. she came from a very – she was raised uh, by a single mother who had histrionic personality disorder, Mm -hmm. was very abusive towards her, invited men into the home who were also abusive towards her and didn't do anything about it. She was very isolated as a child, didn't have any friends. And so she had a very extensive trauma background. Yeah. So as you can imagine – when this couple came together, they had a lot of challenges yeah. in their relationship. So what do you think about these two? What would we do to help them? Yeah. So like Laura said, they were um, watch- a lot of our training was seeing couples therapy actually playing out in the real world. So, yeah, um, the woman in the relationship who had the more extensive trauma history, she actually developed a borderline personality disorder. So that is something that comes out of trauma. Um, not knowing how to connect with others, um, really creating volatile um, experiences around mm-hmm. co- communication, um, perceived threats um, and red flags. So she is definitely somebody who could have benefited from some trauma work before maybe coming into couples therapy because watching that play out, um, she was very argumentative. And then, you know, she's bouncing that kind of stuff off her partner who's really passive. So um, a lot of hurdles that they had to um, get through. 
Yes. And part of her was that they needed to learn how to better communicate with each other because Mm -hmm. she was responding to her trauma all the time Mm -hmm. and wasn't able to really be present with what was actually happening. And so their conflict was escalating to a point that was very unhealthy. So how do you think this this person would have benefited from EMDR therapy? Yeah. So often, again, it's most beneficial for the person to do their own work. So, um, you know, creating an understanding of what the trauma symptoms are. So providing the client with some psychoeducation around, okay, you know, we're assessing for trauma here. Are these things that you're experiencing? Okay, these might be some things that we want to work on in EMDR. Um, So um, individuals who have had emotional trauma in their lives often don't even realize that they may have PTSD. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I have PTSD. I thought that came from a car accident. Mm -hmm. But emotional trauma, again, can actually be much longer lasting really affects the relationship. So um, the first thing that you do in EMDR with the clients is resourcing. So you develop more coping skills because when you've been traumatized, if you jump right into something where we're going to be talking about that extensively, um, we need to learn how to ground ourselves, to relax, to bring ourselves back down if things do get difficult in EMDR. Um, So we're bringing, and EMDR is bringing into consciousness an unpleasant memory in combination with that bilateral stimulation that we've talked a lot about in previous episodes um, that mimics the dreaming process so things can be integrated and then we develop um, new ways to um, integrate these traumatic memories with more positive experiences. So connecting those two things together. So um, this client that you were talking about that we watch in the film a lot, um, she actually probably would have benefited from this. Identifying alone what her trauma symptoms are can really open people's eyes. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times when people are suffering from trauma symptoms, they feel like their partner is doing something Uh to them when in fact that might not be 100% true. They might have something that triggers them. Like for her, for example, when her husband would try to intervene to to, um, discipline or correct the children, Mm -hmm. if there was some kind of, say the children were fighting and he was trying to break it up, she perceived any intervention that he tried to do as threatening because she had been abused as a child. And so maybe he raised his voice or, you know, Mm -hmm. tried to scold one of them. Um, that That she experienced that as traumatic. And that brought up a lot of her own trauma as well. Mm -hmm. And she responded to that the same way she did as a child. So I had almost tantrum-like, right, to get some sort of attention, to get your point across. Um, She, at one point, her partner had to go stay somewhere else because it was getting really heated in the Mm -hmm. house. Um, And so she did not like that. She immediately felt abandoned, put all her children in the car, went to the uh, partner's brother's house, honk the horn, flash the lights, trying to get him out of the house, right? So that is just really extreme behavior Mm -hmm. that comes from a trauma experience because she kicked him out of the house because, okay, I'm going to basically punish you Mm -hmm. and create distance. And as soon as she left, I think she left over like 300 voicemails because she immediately felt abandoned and now I need to get you back. Right. And that's a really extreme example. But when Mm -hmm. you have symptoms of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or if it has, if you have such a trauma history that it's evolved into a personality disorder, you do not have the ability to self-regulate your emotional state. And so while it might seem somebody who is in that state is trying to be vicious or, or hurtful, it is in fact, it's, 
something that they they have lost control of mm-hmm. because that trauma is coming up so strongly for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So really interesting study that was published in 2001 in the Journal of Marital and Family Therapy. Um, so the researcher was Howard Protinsky, and he also had a lot of colleagues helping him with this study. Um, they re- they developed uncovered, right, that EMDR is a powerful tool to help uh, couples overcome both negative memories from earlier life experiences and then those negative cognitions about other partners' roles. So like what we were just talking about, Mm -hmm. that woman kind of developed that her husband is risky in some sort of way. He's going to harm me. I'm going to be abandoned by Mm -hmm. him. So it can really bring into focus for both couples, right, what um, the perceived partner's role is. So um, they discovered that couples have more valuable experiences um, when they do go into couples therapy after the individual EMDR. Um, they have greater compassion for their couple, uh, their partner, right? They c- there's more understanding there about what their partner's experience was. Um, so uh, that greater sense of love uh, comes out of understanding what their partner's history was and helping the observing partner develop greater patience and other um, understanding. So um, several others have demonstrated how EMDR can help uh, partners actively receive treatment, reduce their activity associated with attachment triggers, and repair attachment injuries. So that's where it can be especially beneficial is they're realizing these things. We can, you know, rewire that with EMDR. So and again, it demonstrates after the couple or that one partner, right, goes through EMDR, it can increase empathy from the other partner who bears witness to the partner actively engaging in treatment. So that can also be really helpful is that the the other partner seeing, you know, the tra- traumatized partner going through treatment, they see them trying to get better and work on the relationship. So that alone can really be a positive influence. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we come back, we are going to continue on the topic of couples and trauma, and we're going to address probably one of the most traumatic incidents that can come up in a relationship, and that's an affair. So Mm -hmm. when we come back, we will talk a little bit more, and you're listening to Holding Ground on KKNW. Time is funny. Sometimes it seems fast, and other times slow. When it comes to time slots remaining on Alternative Talk 1150, time is running out. In fact, there are just a few primetime slots available. So if you want to host your own radio program, the time to call 425-653-1150 is right now. Nope, no time for excuses. Dial 425-653-1150 to find out how affordable it can be to host a radio show. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazarus, and this is Climate Connections. When extreme weather strikes, the risk of violence within families and communities increases. Women and other commonly marginalized or disenfranchised people are particularly vulnerable. That's Kate Oren of the International Union for the Conservation of Nature. Her group studied how gender-based violence increases after natural disasters. After two cyclones in Vanuatu, for example, reports of intimate partner violence rose 300%. In emergency post-disaster situations, we know that shelters can be highly dangerous places for women, as well as for people who identify as non-binary or as part of the LGBTQI community. She says similar problems occur during long-term crises. For example, when crops fail during droughts and people go hungry. Employment and livelihood losses can increase tensions at the household and community levels and also make women more vulnerable to rape, sexual exploitation, and human trafficking. 
As the climate changes, the risk may increase. So Oren says it's important to consider how extreme weather affects gender-based violence, especially when preparing disaster plans and policies. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. Thanks for tuning into our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Holding Ground. I am here with the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective, Laura Richer. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. And today we're discussing how trauma can affect couples' romantic relationships. So um, we're going to talk in this segment about PTSD responses to affairs and sexual trauma and sex in between, you know, with couples together. So um, we wanted to kind of recap the last segment. Um, you know, PTSD can lead to a vicious cycle within a relationship. So let's say the partner is triggered. Um, it reinforces those person symptoms, those negative beliefs, um, even if the trigger isn't huge. Um, so this can turn in the loved one, the other partner, right, can start to respond in a negative way to those things when that happens. So, again, it reinforces the trauma. So um, so we're working today on helping clients figure out how they can get out of that cycle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, as we mentioned, one of the most traumatic incidents that can happen in a relationship is a, an affair or, or some type of betrayal. And that mm-hmm. can include an emotional relationship, a physical relationship, anything that causes one of the partners to feel betrayed. Yeah. And this is a topic that we address often in couples therapy because Mm -hmm. an event like this does create a traumatic response and can even lead to having post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. um, Yeah. Affairs can actually create PTSD. So um, and we just want to touch on real quick when we're working with couples, when there are affairs in the relationship, we don't keep secrets. So if one of the couples says, yeah, I had an affair in the past, we talk about that with the other partner. And then we won't work with couples who are actively in an affair, um, have the intention of keeping that affair going. Right being in love in that affair, right? Because then they're not fully in the relationship. So couples therapy really isn't going to work, right? You're going to be wasting your money at that point. We want you to be in a place where you can do the work and be able to heal from the past trauma. Yeah, Yeah. we don't give refunds, so. (laughs) (laughs) So the couples that we do want to work with, though, who are wanting to recover from the relationship, um, from any past trauma and and engage in therapy, they do. You can do the work to overcome mm-hmm. that experience. Not always. Sometimes that's that's pushed somebody beyond their limits and they can't come back from that experience. But a mm-hmm. lot of times there's hope. A lot of times you can. Yeah. Um, So we talk a lot about the Gottman training, the Gottman method that we have, and they actually discovered that 25% of couples have affairs. So that's a pretty significant number. That's a high number. number. It makes me a little bit nervous. Um, (laughs) But um, so if if there's pre-existing PTSD, it reinforces the thought of, you know, no one can be trusted, right? Um, So or beliefs that I'm not worthy of being loved, I'm not good enough, I'm unattractive, right? Because if that person went somewhere else for love or attention in some sort of way, it can really, really affect 
the other partner, even if they don't have PTSD, because it is important to note again that affairs can actually create PTSD. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So there was a study published in 1999, and it talked about sexual dysfunction in the United States prevalence and predictors, and it revealed that victims of sexual abuse experience sexual problems more than the general population. Mm-hmm. And they found that male victims of childhood sexual abuse were more likely to experience erectile dysfunction and low sexual desire, and they found that women were more likely to have arousal disorders um, and have common triggers such as feeling pressured to have sex, only hearing uh, compliments or words of affirmation before sex is initiated, or feeling startled if somebody initiates sex unexpectedly. Yeah. So some of this past dysfunction is that it can actually lead to affairs because mm-hmm. if the traumatic part, the partner that's traumatized cannot participate in the relationship in a healthy functional way. They might go somewhere else, they, right? Because yeah. they are being, they perceive as being pushed away from the um, other partner who has had PTSD. And really, there are some things that couples can do to work around some intimacy issues. So um, for the traumatized person, mm-hmm. the survivor, right, of something in the past, um, things that can really build trust to increase that intimacy, probably reduce maybe the um, chance of an affair is having consent front and center. So if one partner is trying to initiate, you guys practice consent at that point. Yes, I want to do this. No, I don't. Um, sometimes having the lights on. So let's say somebody was traumatized in the dark, right? They want to have the lights on because they can see what's happening. They can see facial expressions, all of that. So it feels safer. Um, only choosing to have uh, intimate relation relations in certain locations. So Let's say maybe some childhood sexual abuse took place in the dining room. Well, then we're only gonna we're not gonna do that in the dining room, right? It's too dangerous. Um, scheduling sex with your partner can be helpful here. So um, then it's not so unexpected for the traumatized um, survivor. So it's not sudden. Um, leading up to sex, using a routine that you enjoy. So whether that involves your, you and your partner having a meal together, cuddling, or something you like to do, that helps you just feel grounded and safe. And um, the other thing is allowing the traumatized partner to be the one that initiates uh, sex. So, yeah. But what happens more often than not, for especially people who have unaddressed trauma, is they don't even know these things. So they themselves mm-hmm. haven't addressed them, and then their partner can't address them either. And then mm-hmm. that's what leads to to other traumas, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So those are really healthy ways of coping with that. But often you have to come on into therapy or just listen to, you know, five seconds back of the show. <laughs> um, but you know, that can be identified in couples therapy, right? This is how you two can maybe develop um, some plans around how to increase intimacy and make yeah, that partner be- feel safe. Yeah, because and, and learn those things about each other, because mm-hmm. we we don't automatically know these things. And sometimes these are uncomfortable uncom- topics that we don't want to talk about or we're not even aware of how our past trauma is influencing our response to our partner in mm-hmm. our relationship. And that's something that individual therapy as well as couples therapy can really help you identify so that you mm-hmm. can heal from it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, talking a little bit more about affairs for a second, um, we did discuss how affairs can create uh, PTSD. There's a huge sense of grief and loss there, right? I had this partner. Now that you've gone elsewhere, that's such a grieving process of what we thought the relationship was, what we thought our partner was. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe hopes and dreams for the future have really been shattered. So, um, you know, 
it's actually identified as post-infidelity stress disorder. So it's not an actual diagnosis, but parallel reactions to PTSD. So feeling numb, um, feeling out of control, like you don't have control, right? Um, signs of intrusion can encompass flashbacks, ob- obsessions, right? So maybe after an affair, the other partner is on high guard, right? My partner's late, late from work. He must be having another affair, mm-hmm. et cetera. So um, that's where EMGR can be really effective in recovering from the PTSD uh, symptoms of the affair if one the partner does want to heal from this and stay with their partner. So, um, you know, and we just offer, you know, an unbiased person in your corner and remind you that things are complicated but not hopeless. So, Laura, have you seen it, this in your history of working with couples? Yes. And like I said earlier, this can be an actual physical affair. It can be an emotional affair where there mm-hmm. isn't a physical relationship, but there is an emotional connection with somebody mm-hmm. outside of the marriage. And it is very damaging. And one of the things that creates that trauma response is the partner who finds out about the affair starts to question their own sense of, of reality and whether yep. they can trust themselves that the story, the narrative that they had about the relationship may not be accurate. Mm-hmm. And so they're, like you said, they can become hypervigilant, always looking for the next time that this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And we want to be able to resolve that because there are a lot of reasons why affairs happen and there's a lot of ways that people, or a lot of reasons why people choose to continue on with their relationship and move forward. Mm -hmm. But if you're watching for it to happen again, it's Mm -hmm. gonna be very challenging to be able to move forward. So there's work to be done on both sides, obviously. The person who had the affair is really going to be able, need to be transparent and let their partner, you know, show their partner that they're trying to build trust with them again, show them the reasons why they're trustworthy again and mm-hmm. why they're not wanting to continue to go outside of the relationship. Yeah. But for the person who has experienced the betrayal, they also have their own work to do if, if in fact, they want to move forward in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, Laura, we want to talk a little bit next about how – Um, So we talk about the trauma survivor in the relationship, but just how much it does impact the other partner. So Mm -hmm. um, dealing with these symptoms of a survivor of trauma, um, you know, he or she might not be able to focus on the partner, right? So the traumatized person, again, is so overwhelmed with maybe their, um, you know, incorrect perceptions of the relationship, um, just their own symptoms that are coming out of this. So, um, you know, the client doesn't want to do this. So the um, trauma survivor, they don't want to be like this, right? Um, that's not the their real selves, probably not what attracted the other partner to the partner, right? But um, the other partner can feel caregiver burden. So um, when one person is traumatized, the other partner might feel like, okay, I have to overly care for this um, for my spouse, right, or my partner. So for an example of that is the partner might have to um, take on a bigger share of household tax, uh, tasks such as paying the bills, housework, taking care of the ch- children, because the other partner is so traumatized that um, they're not able to effectively do that. Mm-hmm. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about couples counseling and how couples counseling can help you address trauma within your relationship. Mm -hmm. So you're listening to Holding Ground on KKNW. You may not realize how important three letters can be. For a patient who needs type A, B, or O blood, these letters can mean life. 
but there simply aren't enough people giving blood. Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs it, but only about 3% of the population donates. Without more donors, hospitals may not have the blood needed to save lives. That's why the American Red Cross needs people to help restore the A's, B's, and O's that are depleting each day. When you make your appointment to donate blood at redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types, you can help give strength to kids, parents, and grandparents who face life and death challenges. From cancer patients to accidents survivors waiting for critical surgeries, your generosity can give someone more life. Don't wait until the letters A, B, and O are missing from hospital shelves. You are the missing type patients need. Visit redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make your donation appointment today. Thanks for tuning into our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. Do you make a positive difference in the world? Do you have a talent, philosophy, base of knowledge, product or service that you know could help a lot of people if only you could reach them? Join Alternative Talk 1150's family of broadcasters and start walking down a fruitful path. As host of your very own program, dial 425-653-1150 and find out just how affordable it can be to have a show on 1150 AM. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Thank you for tuning in to Holding Ground on KKNW. I'm Laura Richer, and I am the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And I am a psychotherapist, and I am here with our resident trauma therapist, Michelle Mooney. And today we're talking about couples and trauma. Mm -hmm. So, Michelle, I was wondering if you could give us a real-life example of a couple that you've worked with and how you helped them through issues with trauma. Yeah, so um, I have a really great example of um, two women that were in a relationship, and one was very severely traumatized. So um, she developed a lot of depression. She didn't want to get out of bed. Um, She would talk a lot about, you know, I wish I wasn't around anymore, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is is pretty common with traumatized people right so they may not have any sort of intent right to harm themselves but they talk about it a lot because they think like oh then you know my partner won't be burdened anymore or my pain's just gonna end so it really started to wear on the other partner and they actually developed substance use to cope with their traumatized partner Mm -hmm. so then of course you know the relationship deteriorated even more but that person didn't have the right support system so what that partner could have done and what a lot of partners should do if they are in a relationship with a traumatized spouse or um, partner um, build your own support system so really talk to people whether that's your therapist or friends and family um, just to develop really healthy relationships and learning how to cope Um, lots of support groups on social media so one I wanted to mention is Spouses and Family Members PTSD Support Group, and that one is on Facebook. Um, So that's a really great resource. So just kind of 
integrate or, you know, immersing yourself into the support systems and then in interacting with a partner that does have trauma, um, don't see or treat that person like he or she has a permanent disability. Um, you know, not being overly sympathetic and not feeling responsible for the problem or the healing, which is really important. So that's where that caregiver burden can come from if they take on that role of I have to heal my partner. Right, which they don't have the ability to do. So right. then you end up feeling depleted and exhausted and resentful mm-hmm. because you're trying to control something that you can't. Right. Yeah. And again, that could lead to an affair, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So according to a study in 2020, couples counselors can help couple. And this was a Gottman study? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so they discovered that couples counselors can help couples learn to integrate communication, choice, trust, respect, and equality into their intimate relationships. And so when we use the Gottman method, these are all of the things that we are focusing on. Is yes. If you ha- are dealing with issues around tra- uh, trauma, if you've had a, if there's been an affair in the relationship, if you simply don't have trouble communicating with each other and you're stuck in gridlock mm-hmm. type conflict that you're unable to move through, mm-hmm. these are all of the things that we can work on with couples and help them move past it. Yep, absolutely. And people who have trauma usually have more of these obstacles that they're working through yes absolutely and i would say um the most prevalent uh reason that couples do come into couples counseling is wanting to improve their communication Mm -hmm. would you agree with that laura yes that's what everyone always says their Mm -hmm. issue is is they need to improve their communication Mm -hmm. and usually there's a lot of other things that need to be addressed under underneath that but that's what we see is we have trouble saying what we really think or we feel misunderstood in the relationship and that's that's the starting point where we can start to look at how we can more effectively understand each other yeah and you know again the Gottman method and create um, they have several things that um, is a goal in a relationship but one of those is shared meaning in life so healing from trauma can really help um, create and um, you know help lead that relationship to more shared meaning mm-hmm Yes, successful couples have things that they connect on mm-hmm. in a meaningful way. And mm-hmm. and working through a traumatic event, even though that's very painful, can be one of those things. You know, mm-hmm. Sometimes couples have shared traumatic events, such as the loss of a business or the loss of a child or, yeah. or something that, that they are both experiencing together. And sometimes they're both traumatized and need some help supporting each other through right. whatever is happening. Right, yeah. absolutely. So a study, another study by the Journal of American Medical Association took place between 2008 and 2012. So what they found was that PTSD symptoms can really create severity in patients' intimate relationships. So again, their satisfaction um, really can improve in couples therapy. Um, and they kind of com- they compared a group um, of people that did go into couples counseling, and then the control group for that study was people that were quote unquote on the re- wait list. So they weren't getting any sort of help. So the couples that did get couples therapy over 15 sessions, the couples learned more about the impact of the particular trauma on the relationship mm-hmm. and on the effective uh, affected partner. So including how PTSD can change the brain's responses and ways to create impulsivity, social withdrawal, and ag- aggression. So again, the couples understanding those things together. So after 15 sessions, they did see uh, really beneficial results from couples therapy um, working around the trauma. Yes. So what is another client example maybe we could share with listeners to see, uh, you know, if they relate to the they might have trauma that they're working through in mm-hmm. their relationship. So the clients that you had talked about before, 
that had de- developed the substance use mm-hmm. issue. Did the other partner also have trauma that, that was being even further triggered in that example? So the partner who had the substance use problem right. already? Yeah. Yeah, um, she actually did from other relationships in the past. So issues around trust, issues around intimacy, um, issues around past partners also having substance mm-hmm. use issues. So that person was dealing with their own trauma, and then their partner's trauma on top of that really impacted them, and they really just developed the sense of the only way I can manage this, the only way I can check out is, you know, leaning on substances. Okay. Yeah. So, again, what's helpful in couples counseling that can reduce the PTSD effects is psychoeducation for both partners. Um, So, you know, really educating the couple on what might be going on here. Um, This one is huge. So trauma survivors sharing with their partner what their triggers are. So, um, you know, the traumatized, and this can really come out of couples therapy. Yes, and that's what we talked about in the earlier example example somebody who has experienced sexual trauma and re- withdraws from the relationship if their partner doesn't know about that and they don't understand what they're going through they're going to just p- probably experience that as rejection yes yeah. absolutely and I have another example of that piece um, so a um, another client of mine she grew up in an environment where anytime her father would cook or fix something around the house he would start yelling swearing you know telling himself like oh you know putting himself down so she learned like things around cooking dinner and doing household chores could be really triggering if her dad did that. Mm -hmm. So when her partner started to cook or she would hear like pans in the kitchen or dishes, she was immediately triggered, even though that person wasn't going to do that. So, um, you know, sharing with your partner, like, okay, if you're loud in the kitchen, that's really hard for me, Um, you know. Please don't cuss if, you you know, something goes wrong, that sort of thing, because it was very activating for her. She felt like she was right back in the situation where she grew up in, where there was that yelling and really that huge negativity. So communicating with your partner, that that might be your trigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even if you haven't experienced, uh, what is the word I want to say, like really like significant types mm-hmm. of trauma, we all have our triggers and we mm-hmm. want to know what our partner's buttons are so that yeah. we can avoid pushing them. So maybe things from childhood. Maybe I felt like my siblings got more attention than I did. And so I'm more sensitive to to not being acknowledged Mm -hmm. or there could be just all kinds of different ways that that shows up. So even if you haven't had what's considered a capital T trauma, there are still a lot of things in couples counseling that we can learn about each other that can help us have a really healthy, fun, happy relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So discussing ways that you can play or be more creative, relax, enjoy each other. Um, So uh, telling the other partner that, um, you know, and discussing that with one another. And like it's in Gottman, we call that rituals. Mm -hmm. Um, So building rituals with one another. So whether that's every Friday night, we have date night. And, you know, now that looks like probably date night in the house. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, or every night before bed, we you know, watch a movie together and cuddle and have some popcorn or whatever it is. We create these rituals. We create ways that we can really build our friendship in our relationships, which is also very helpful. Um, So that can help resolve the PTSD too. Um, Shared intentions that reinforce love, safety, security. Um, So couples counseling is really a place a trauma survivor can learn positive ways to experience sexual pleasure, desire, consent, um, and other ways of connecting with their partner. And like we said before, it may be more appropriate to start with individual therapy. So if somebody is severely traumatized, that's most likely where they're going to start. But as they start to heal and improve, then we might want to bring their partner in 
on that therapeutic experience that they're having so that they can better understand where they're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, you have been listening to Holding Ground on KKNW. This, and you can reach out to us for our complimentary 20-minute consultation at acrelighttherapy.com if you have any interest in couples therapy mm-hmm. or want to see how we can help you. Yeah. And so we do those consultations either they're over the phone or online, but we are actually seeing people in person right now. Mm-hmm. So We have six feet distance and we're yep. disinfecting. And-, and we wear masks. And so it's a really safe place to come into. Um, yeah. So maybe come check us out. All right. Well, enjoy your Monday morning. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. We'll see you next week.